can we live in such a way that when we look at the whole of our lives, they're marked by the steady peace of knowing God. As we move through all the challenges that come, both the utterly mundane and and those sweeping ones that bring the whole world to her knees. What would it take to stay rooted in the holy? What would we change and what would we hold on to more dearly? In walks a sleazy, greedy, cruel man. No one likes him and no one trusts him. Zacchaeus, this most unlikely character, has come to help us with these questions. We don't know much of his backstory, but we can infer plenty. He was born a peasant just like Jesus. He started out as as one of this crowd, all but indistinguishable from the rest. Times were hard. Folks often did not have enough. And somewhere along the way, Zacchaeus chose a different road. He saw an opportunity for life to be easier, more comfortable. And so, trading his community for a reliable paycheck, he went to work for the Romans. He started out knocking on his neighbor's doors, collecting the taxes they owed, and almost certainly insisting on a little extra to line his own pockets. And he did quite well, at least in the empire's view of things. He pulled in enough money for them that he was promoted and promoted again until today. He's now the chief tax collector, overseeing all these others who are working for the oppressor and joining them in extorting the people. It is no small wonder that people loathe him. But his neighbors are not thinking about him, at least not yet, not today. Jericho is buzzing. Word has spread quickly that an amazing teacher is on his way, that that if they hurry, they might get to see him, might, might even get to hear him. People stream through the hot city, baking under the sun. They are searching, congregating, trying to anticipate which way he'll be coming through. And Zacchaeus is, is suddenly interested in getting a glimpse of Jesus. And I'm so curious why. After all, he sold out long ago. What does he want with this man who will most likely preach against his boss, against his way of life and line of work, all of it? We don't know what is stirring for Zacchaeus. We only know that he has this unexpected desire, this this overwhelming urge to draw near. And he can't. It's a simple problem. There are just too many people, and he is too short. 
And people dislike him so much that surely no one is going to help him out here. But then, in a flash, is it inspiration? Desperation? All of a sudden, Zacchaeus is up in a tree. It is absurd. Here is a grown man, a wealthy man, a tax collector, who is climbing a tree like a child. This is the the first of three extraordinary moments in this story. He realizes that, that he could see this holy one, except, well, except that he can't. It's the sort of thing that would leave many folks sour and angry, writhing about how unfair it all is. But we don't hear any of that from Zacchaeus. All we hear is that he recognizes this great obstacle standing between him and Jesus. And quickly he finds a way up and over it. He longs to see God. So he climbs a tree, and it works. Not only does he see Jesus, but Jesus sees him, notices him, calls to him, invites himself over to Zacchaeus' house for dinner. It is astonishing. And the crowd responds. How can Jesus go there with him? Doesn't Jesus know who this is, how slimy this guy is? He's gotten rich for working for the enemy. The people's scorn spills out in full force. Surely Zacchaeus is used to this grumbling I don't imagine many people try to keep quiet. It's no secret that they've given up on him. Zacchaeus has just received the most wonderful and unexpected gift, uh, an, an honor that even his wealth cannot buy. And immediately, the cutting disdain begins rising up from the crowd. And here... This strikes me as the second extraordinary moment in this story. Zacchaeus doesn't join them in this bitterness. He doesn't respond with his own attacks, nor does he try to justify his past. He's steady. He holds on to this peace that he's only just received. And he keeps talking with Jesus. This is when it gets real for him. In this brief conversation, Zacchaeus realizes that plenty is going to have to change. There on the spot, on the spot he, he commits to making room. Room in his house for this surprise guest. But, but more importantly, room in his heart. Room in his life. It means he will have to give things up. And more specifically, it means giving much of his wealth to those who need it, giving back to those from whom he's stolen. This will mean letting go of 
some of the comforts he's come to enjoy and expect. But he does not bemoan the change. This, I think, is the third extraordinary moment in this story. Zacchaeus does not resent the need to give away so much of what he has. But instead, he seems to step into the change joyfully. No one tells him to do this. Instead, he freely offers it up. And there's no wailing or gnashing of teeth. No trying to live in this new way and also still hold on to his wealth. There's no, there's no waiting at all. He's, he's climbed a tree. He's seen Jesus. He's pushed through a crowd, and now he wants to create room in his heart. And through it all, he seems to have no hard feelings. It is stunning. Zacchaeus has no hard feelings. As I've walked around in the story the last month or so, I've been trying to peer up into that sycamore tree in Jericho, trying to change my vantage point to see through the tax collector's eyes, looking down towards Jesus, looking through the teeming crowd, and finally on towards home. And as I've done this, I've, I've heard a song echoing in my mind that seems to weave all through this story. Last spring, I saw a musical that stitched a story together from songs by the Avett Brothers, this wonderful bluegrass band out of North Carolina. It was, it was magnificent. It was so good that I had to go back another time. And one song has remained on loop for me ever since. At a a pivotal moment in the story, one of both heartbreak and unbridled generosity, a young man sings this song called No Hard Feelings. The song is an invitation to pan out on our lives, to set aside the frustration and resentment that so often bog us down, and instead to look out from Zacchaeus's perch up in the tree. Can we see a wholeness from there, uh, a shape to our lives? What's wonderful and what's missing? What do we need to change to keep walking through the crowd in peace? What might we need to give away to create more space in ourselves? Through the song, the Avett brothers keep returning to the refrain of living with no hard feelings, not as a condemnation of anything we might feel, but as a way of nonetheless choosing to respond with more love than hardened hearts might first suggest. They recognize that life is painful and beautiful and messy. Yes, absolutely. And still they choose to engage it from a softer place, from 
from somewhere gentler. They choose to respond in a way that's an awful lot like that of Zacchaeus. Here is this strange and wonderful story of a greedy, manipulative tax collector who's clambered up a tree. His change of heart is our invitation to try making our way through life in a new way, scaling the obstacles between us and God, letting the the hurtful whims of the crowd roll on past us, and finally opening ourselves up with such generosity that there's new room for God to enter in. Friends, here is the good news of Zacchaeus. We can choose to soften our hearts enough that no matter what comes our way, we can live out our lives with no hard feelings, steady in the peace of Christ.